Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Starting a series this morning, uh, The Jesus Lifestyle, and over the next few months, a couple of months, we're going to be taking an in-depth look at what Jesus taught about how our lifestyle should be. Amen? Jesus spoke in depth about how we should live and what sort of lifestyle um, we should have. And this series that we're launching this morning is going to be very differently. Normally, we run a series in the AM and then another series in the PM. But for the next eight weeks, we're going to be running through um, in the morning and in the evening as well. And in particular, spending time in Matthew chapter 5 through to Matthew chapter 7 and looking at verse by verse what Jesus spoke about as to how we're meant to live, what our lifestyle will be. So we're really looking forward to it. You know, the truth today, and I think it's for a lot of church people as well, um, we are so obsessed with lifestyle. We're so obsessed. In fact, we've got magazines that are devoted to lifestyles. We've got magazines on, about clothes. We've got magazines on health and fitness. We've got um, stuff out there in our lifestyle, in our homes. There's um, talk about gardens, you know, our, our, our holidays. There's, there's so much out there that, that, are, that are trying to allure us to make us think that we've got to have a lifestyle like the world. What we look on the outside all the stuff that we possess and we feel like we've got to have more. But you know what? Jesus doesn't look on the outside. God doesn't look on the outside. God's interested in what's going on on the inside of us. Amen? So we're going to be spending some time looking at that. And the question that I wanted to raise with you this morning is this thought here. Where do we draw most of our thoughts about what our lifestyle should be? Where do we draw most of our thoughts? What, what affects us the most? I would say without exception today, our culture and the media are the main shapers of how we think and view what our lifestyle should be. All the advertising on Facebook, um, on Google, on whatever it might be, is all focused around me, satisfying me, making me happy, may, making me feel like I'm looking better, making me feel like I'm going, going to be happier if I just buy this thing or, or buy this thing and I'll have what the Joneses have. Amen? And so much of it is focused around me and my lifestyle. As Christians, I believe that we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in the world's projection of what our lifestyle should be, but continually remind ourselves that we own nothing and we are stewards of everything. The truth is this. If our main consuming thought is how I can get more for me, then I believe we're suffering from a disease that many Christians suffer from. I call this disease the BBS disease. Many Christians today are suffering from this. And you know, I was really struggling. I've been trying to, trying to not... Well, for like for three or four days, I felt this verse of Scripture that we're going to look at in a moment. And I kept trying to put it off, but... I believe it's so important that we bring our lives to this, this text in a few moments' time. But you might be thinking, what is the BBS um, disease? Well, the BBS disease is building bigger barns syndrome. Building 
bigger barn syndrome. A lot of Christians today suffer from this syndrome. People with this disease think that what they have belongs entirely to them, that their money, possessions and their, uh, that, that are theirs, and that the greatest purpose in their lives is to make themselves as comfortable a lifestyle for themselves as they can. Jesus called this sort of lifestyle for what it is. He called it covet, covetousness, a greedy lifestyle. Not a popular message this morning, Dave and Wendy, but I just can't help it. I can't shake this, this text. So I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 12, and I want us to look at some teaching that Jesus gave to us. Because again, we're looking at the Jesus lifestyle. How has he called us to live? In Luke chapter 12, you can find it beginning there in verse 13. It says this. It says, One from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide my inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, greediness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he what? One's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. That's totally opposite to what the world will try and sell us. That's totally contrary to what the news within the media is today. It's all about how much can we possess. But Jesus says one's life is not made up of what we possess. And then here's the BB, BBS. Verse 16. Then he spoke to him a parable saying, The ground of a certain man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones, greater ones. And there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul! You have many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. I wondered how many Christians are living like this. These people aren't living the Jesus lifestyle. They're living the me lifestyle. Somewhere along the journey of faith, they've lost their way. They've forgotten that Jesus said, deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. He also said to seek first the kingdom of God. But people with the BBS syndrome only think about themselves. The only important people are themselves. But then let's move on. You all give me a smile. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. It's the word of God. But listen to the warning that Jesus gives people with the BBS disease. Verse 20. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those things, those, uh, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Wow. Think about what he's saying there. But God said to this man or woman, 
This night your soul will be required of you, then whose things will, uh, which you have provided. So he says, he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. It's not a bad thing when your land produces plenty, uh, plenty. You know, if your crops are produced, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing when your business prospers, is it? It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing to receive a promotion and with it a pay increase. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing when your investments increase in value. It's not a bad thing. That's not the evil in this parable. He's not called a fool for being a productive farmer because God knows we need productive people out there. Amen. But in verse 20, excuse me, why then is he called a fool? That's the question in this parable. Not only a fool, but the Bible says a fool who loses his soul. Verse 20, God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. He was literally and tragically a damned fool. And the question must be asked, why? Here's the, the way I would put it. By the way, he used the increase of his riches. He gave no indication of being rich towards God. He kept building bigger barns. That might be okay if you're storing grain for a use that shows God is your treasure. But what does the farmer say in verse 19? This is what he says. Listen to what he says. His heart is not towards God at all. His heart is all about his own personal riches. In verse 19, he says, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. The me lifestyle. He plans to make of his wealth, and he says one thing, my treasure is about relaxing, eating, drinking, and having fun. That's my life. And the riches in my barns make it possible. This is the me lifestyle. So what's wrong with the man's way of handling riches is that he fails to use them in a way that shows he treasures God more than riches. He treasures riches more than he treasures God. And we know that because of the way that he deals with his riches. His riches have become about me, mine, my lifestyle. So the thought this morning is this, what does it mean to be rich towards God? Being rich towards God is the opposite of treating the self as though it were made for things and not for God. Being rich towards God is the opposite of acting as if life consists in the abundance of possessions and not in the abundance of knowing God. You got it? If your money is more important to you and your possessions are more important to you than God, then you've missed it. That's what this man did. He missed it. Somewhere along his journey... His possessions became more important to him than God. No longer was he rich towards God. He was concerned about my lifestyle. <laughs> being rich towards God, therefore, is a heart of being drawn towards God as our riches. Amen. Rich towards God means moving towards God as our riches. Rich towards God means counting God greater riches than anything else on earth. Amen. He is our riches. He is our great reward. He is our provider. Amen. We trust in Him and Him alone. Amen. Not in our possessions. Not in what it is that we possess and we own. We don't own anything. We're stewards of everything. 
but owners of nothing. Amen? Rich towards God means using earthly riches to show how much you value God. This is what the prosperous farmer failed to do, and the result was that he was a fool and he lost his soul. This is what the prosperous farmer failed to do. He failed to invest his riches in the things of God. And I wonder how many Christians today make that fateful mistake where we think that all of our possessions and all of the things that we have are about creating a greater lifestyle for me. Wow. I think that's why Jesus was just so, so direct in this, this teaching here. Am I saying it's wrong to have a lifestyle? No. Am I saying it's wrong to, to be comfortable in, in your possessions? No. I'm not saying that. Am I saying is it wrong to have money? No. Get lots of money. And use it for the kingdom of God. You can invest in homes. You can invest in shares. You can invest in stocks. You can, you can invest in all of that stuff. But the Bible teaches us that one day it will all be burnt up. But the greatest investment that you and I can ever make in, is seeing people come to Jesus Christ. That's an internal investment that will outlast and outstrip any other investment we can make while we're on the earth. Thank you, Max. So do we have a greater emphasis on our, the me lifestyle or should we start to reconsider what it means to, to be living the Jesus lifestyle? Becoming rich towards God. Again, the issue isn't that the man's field prospered. That's not the issue. The issue is that God ceased to be his supreme treasure. If God had been his treasure, what would have been done differently instead of saying, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, relax, eat, drink and be merry. He would have said something like this, God, this is all yours. You've made my fields prosper. Show me how to express my riches that are my treasure and the riches are not. I already have enough. I don't need a bigger safety net. I don't need better food, better drink, better parties. I do need, uh, excuse me, I, I do indeed want to make merry, but not in self-indulgent parties. I want to make merry with the people who have been helped by my generosity. I want the fullest blessing of giving because Jesus taught it. He said it in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? Think about what he's saying this morning. The, the gravity of allowing the deception, the subtlety of the world to creep into our hearts and to creep into our minds and to creep into our lives to make us start to think that all that I have is all about me. God would say, you fool. So foolish. <laughs> I thought we were just going to be laughing the whole message. I just thought we'd just laugh one joke after another. <sighs> it's powerful scripture. Powerful truth for us to consider. You know, these, these people in, um, in Tanner Island... Um, they have, they, we had, uh, Marty and I were in a, a, like a little cabin and uh, we were thankful there were no rats this time, which is great because that would just, I would just, 
I'd probably squeal like a little girl or something. I'd yeah. Um, but we, we, we were there and we had these mattresses and a blanket and a pillow. And um, the Sunday night, some of the pastors um, were sleeping in the bedroom next to us. And I just stuck my head in there. And, you know, they don't, they don't have pillows or blankets or mattresses. They have these little, um, like, um, thatched mats that they sleep on. Well, while we were traveling around the, the, uh, the, the, the villages, um, I think if we showed you the huts or showed you where they, they lived, many of you would be just traumatized. You'd, you'd go, what? People live like that even today? They do. We tried some, uh, some lap-lap on the Saturday, Saturday night. And uh, lap-lap's um, made out of, I don't know, stuff. It's cooked in banana leaves on rocks. And it's, it's just like, it's like, a, like a sandwich, basically. And my mouth's not watering because I was just thinking of how good it was. That's the opposite effect, actually. But, you know, they brought that all out and... Um, there's a, there's a, in the midst of it, it's all on the ground, right? It's all on the ground. And in the midst of that, there's a pig's head. Just a pig's head, just out of nowhere. There's a pig's head just sitting in the ground amongst all of the lap-lap. So they chopped off a bit of um, pig's head. And, um, <laughs> God, please. You know, like eating over there. You know, everything's cold all the time. And, and Marty and I, we like our food hot. <laughs> like our wives, amen? <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> Done. <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> you should have seen that look. He's like, ah, <laughs> You know, and eating over there. Bring out rice. I, I don't like rice much. I hate rice, really. But every meal's rice. And so, you know, we'd, we'd, you've got to eat because you can't not eat because it's rude. It's culture. You know, we, we do stuff together, then we eat together. And so, you know, I've seen them, the guys wash the dishes and everything's in the one pot. And uh, I probably waste so much water because I get a cup, wash it with a tap running, get the next one, wash it with a tap running. Just that's how I do it. <laughs> You know, we, we, we'd be given a bowl and a spoon and I've got this really cool way of putting food in my mouth without actually touching the spoon now. I do. It's really sneaky. You just sort of... Oh, it's good food. And, uh, so we've got a down pat. You know, this whole mission thing, you know, it's just all good. But my point is this. These people have nothing and yet their, their ability to be able to put their... Their, their trust in God and, and just to surrender their lives to Him. It's, it's just phenomenal to see. In the midst of their poverty, it's no, oh, wish we had a better car or wish we had a bigger house or wish we had more clothes or wish this or wish... It's none of that at all. They're just so thankful. Amen? And you know, this morning, the message is not about beating up the rich people because we're all rich in this here but it's like saying well God what are you saying to me have I allowed the, the BBS disease to get into my heart bigger barn syndrome 
And the other thing that I need to ask as well, how, how can I begin to become rich towards God? What, what is it, Lord, that you're asking me to do with my possessions that will help me to make sure that I remain rich towards you, Lord? Rich towards you, I mean. Could we bow our heads and pray this morning? If I could just have the band to come as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words of truth. Your word is eternal, Lord, and we are so thankful to you today. Thank you, Lord, for um, the incredible possessions that we have. Thank you for blessing us. We are so amazingly, so extravagantly blessed, and we thank you today for our families, our homes, where we live, the cars we drive, the food we eat. God, we are so thankful. But Lord, help us today not to lose sight that you're calling us to live the Jesus lifestyle, that we would deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him, that we would seek first the kingdom of God in all of his righteousness. Lord, that we would use our wealth for eternal purposes and not for just the next great thing, but we would just consider how, Lord, how, Lord, can we become rich towards you? And that, Lord, just as Paul spoke, we would not allow the deceitfulness of riches to deceive us into thinking that our wealth and all that we have is all about us. It's not, Lord. Speak to us, I pray, Lord. Help us to continue to be on the journey of becoming rich towards you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.